Okay, everybody. All right. Chill out. Hey, shush. Shush. We're starting now. Okay. Here yeah. we are, Eric. Another day. This is day 282. Yes, it is 282. day 282. It's October the 9th today. It is. Happy birthday mm-hmm. to your daughter, Michelle. Michelle is 13 years old today. Wow. That is just amazing. She was two years old when we moved here. Wow. Yeah. Very Crazy. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. She. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. She loves Jesus and is a hard worker, and she loves people. She loves kids. Yes, she so does. She's a wonderful. So if you see her today, say happy birthday. Scream it. Because it's a Sunday. It is a Sunday. But we're probably, you might not see her at church. What? Because I'm running a marathon. Probably. Oh, yeah, Chip's running a marathon. R- right now. Yeah, maybe right now. It could if be. you're listening so at the right time. So pray for me right now. Yeah, stop and pray for and Chip. Michelle's pause pause probably, the show. Okay. Okay, you're back. Yeah. Michelle's probably cheering for me, and then we're going to go celebrate her birthday afterwards. I cannot believe. I'm going to eat. I can't believe she doesn't have to come to church. Because well, you're she running a marathon. She would probably want to. Because you're she running a marathon. She would probably want to be at church. And we never, we hardly ever miss church. I know you don't miss church. We're probably, I'm just saying. Yeah, but, you're doing the hard work. I get Shannon being there to carry you to the car. Yeah. But. Yeah. Michelle. Michelle. Get out there She's and run amazing. the marathon if you want well, to skip church. one day. I know she will, definitely. Okay, anyway, that's enough about that. Yes, we got to get into the reading. We do have to get into the reading. But we are very grateful for Michelle. Yes. She is wonderful. Happy birthday, Michelle. Mm -hmm. Okay, Matthew chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 21, then Mark 3, then Luke 6. Okay, Matthew chapter 12. A discussion about the Sabbath. At about that time, Jesus was... That time, right there, that time. Mm -hmm. Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some of the heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested, Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Haven't you read the scriptures, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God, and he and his companions, they broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priest on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. Mm. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of Scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. He attacks him even harder there. He attacks the temple. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus, God's chosen servant. But Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area. And many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Jesus and the prince of demons. Time to jump. Oh. Mark chapter 3. Oh, yeah. I marked that. 
Man, I was just going. Yeah. Mark chapter... You were in the groove, man. Three. Mark chapter 3 is Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Jesus, he went into the synagogue again, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard, hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once the Pharisees, they went away, and they met with supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Crowds followed Jesus. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Loved your demon voice there. Oh, that yeah. was really good. Thank you. Jesus chooses the twelve apostles. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And he said to them, and they came to him, and he appointed twelve of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the twelve he chose. Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus and the Prince of Demons. One time, Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to make, uh, take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said, He's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. But Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan? He asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similar, similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? How, he would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. The true family of Jesus. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus re replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? He looked around at those he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Okay. And Luke. Luke six, right? Yep, Luke six. A discussion about the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the husk in their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, 
Why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Haven't you read the scriptures? Haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is it a day to save life or destroy it? Well, he looked around at them one by one and said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss then what to do with him. Jesus chooses the twelve apostles. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose twelve of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Crowds follow Jesus. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him, because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. The Beatitudes. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil, as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. Sorrows foretold. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you, only, for you have your only happiness now? What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you? What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow? What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praised false prophets? Love for enemies. But to, who, um, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when, sayings, when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do unto you. <clears throat> if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you only do good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you'll be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are thankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. 
do not judge others. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall in a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. The tree and its fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs! They're never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes, not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasures, treasury of a good heart. An evil, produce from, an evil per, person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Building on a solid foundation. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. All right. Hey. Pretty good. Yeah. Not a great, great, most of them, a lot of my favorite stories and sayings and yeah, a lot of so what's. A lot of so what's. Well, I mean, it is the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some so what's in a there. A lot of so what's. Yeah. yeah. A lot of application, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're going to answer today. Um, one of the questions is, so what do we do mm-hmm. with what we just read? So maybe God's, <coughs> the Holy Spirit will speak to you something different than what I'm going to share with you, but I just share um, what impacts me through this reading today. Um, man, a uh, couple quick ones, you know, the love your enemy saying, yeah. you know, um, I, I just think that is so pertinent today mm-hmm. for oh, us. Oh, man, right? Know, definitely for me, but for our culture and, yeah. and for Christians. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of Christians get very hateful and hurtful towards those who don't agree with them right. or or don't support them or trying to um, take away their religious freedom. I mean, they're sinners. We're in a sinful world. The God of this age is behind all that. I mean, we're just expect some of that. Yeah, little G, God, for little people G. who don't know. Yeah, yep, thank yep. you. And so... So yeah, it's and so what what I see a lot of Christians do just they're trying to 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 win and over people and not win the person, you know, and win over people instead of winning people over. There you go. I love that. Wow. That's so good. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that one. Um yeah, and so I and Jesus won people over. Yeah. Because he cared about yeah. them. He loved them. He, and and he Jesus wasn't trying to win, you know. I mean, he he won and he wins. Um, but not at first. Right. I mean, he was crucified. Yeah. Everybody else, all the religious people thought they won. Yep. And, uh, and no, I mean, he, he went through a lot. And so sometimes we're going to have to go through a lot, but even through that, we love our enemies. 
And then I'm going to just kind of segue out of that because I think you already know that. And you might know this too, but this is something I want you to think about. He's, Jesus said, what you say flows from what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know, well, you should know, a lot of us know, we've talked about it, that God looks to our heart. He wants our heart, not the organ. It's the disposition. Of, it's right. the central of who we are. It's who you are, yeah. He wants our heart, all of our heart, to love him with all of our heart. He wants all of it. And so... Um, the question is, how do I know I've given him my heart? Well, a part of that is paying attention to what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to know how your heart's doing, pay attention to what you're saying. If you're saying things that are evil, mean, hateful, hurtful, wrong, um, contrary to God's word, mm-hmm. then it's coming from a heart that's not right. Right. So, Bitter, resentful. Yeah. yeah absolutely. See, that's a clue of what's going on. And it also... You can also um, tell how someone else is doing with their heart. That's true. So you can pray. Mm-hmm. If someone says hurtful, hateful things, bitter, bitterness is whatever it's going on in their life and it's coming out of what they're saying, you know that they need prayer. Mm-hmm. We need to pray that, you know, that they would give their heart to God and, and deal with that. So yeah. pay attention to what you say first because that's the whole log. Right. And the right. spec. That's right. And pay attention to what to you say. Deal with you. And uh, get right with God. So I love that. There you go. Can I, um, I don't want to undermine what you just said by distracting, but can I add to the enemy one just real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one thing that really stands out to me about what you said is that we need it right now, right? Like it's very pertinent to our world, you said. And one reason is because like we just, anyone who disagrees with us is our enemy. Oh. You know what I mean? Like oh. we throw around the the label of enemy on everybody right like not just unbelievers right it's not just like oh well you you hate god you're my enemy like that wouldn't be right either but it's like christians who disagree with us you're my enemy you know like you you're this you're my enemy you're not exactly like me you're my enemy it's the craziest thing that everybody who is has a a separate opinion from you is now suddenly the enemy it's so crazy to me Mm-hmm. Well, you read about how Jesus describes it. I mean, it's like people who take your, who steal from you, who take advantage of you. Like, it's not a simple disagreement, yeah. right? Oh, it's just crazy to me. Anyway, yeah, so that's that, just a, that's good. And, and and we're preaching to the church here. Yeah, yeah, and and, and to and, us, yeah, to us, and yeah, everybody else. But you know, we're seeing this firsthand. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening, you're like, oh, but no, we're we're we're. Oh yeah, yeah this is a problem in. Mm-hmm. Christendom right now. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, so what does this tell us about God? That's my question. And so um, one of the most intriguing verses, uh, well, statements that Christ makes, it's actually in a couple different verses. Um, One of the most intriguing statements that Christ makes is this idea that, I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. That is so intriguing to me. That there's an unforgivable sin. It's here, and it's also uh, in Matthew twelve thirty one, which we, we won't read for a couple of days. But it's just such an intriguing verse to me. And what it means is this, and this is what the Pharisees were doing. They were saying, okay, this guy's possessed by Satan. So by doing that, by saying that he's possessed by an evil spirit, they are saying that the Holy Spirit of God is an evil spirit. They are blaspheming him. Mm-hmm. And the problem with blaspheming the spirit, and you may see this among some of the darkest people in this world, uh, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and when they do that, the Holy Spirit owes them nothing. No conviction of sin, no regeneration, no anything. 
you know, we plant seeds, mm-hmm. we water those seeds, and the Holy Spirit gives the growth. That's the that's talking about the gospel. So if somebody blasphemes the Holy Spirit, and I can only think of in his time, in Jesus' time, the darkest people in his society were the ones doing this, right? These evil, religious, overly religious people who were setting themselves yeah. up as gods who were trying to control everyone. And the only people I can think of in our world today that are doing that, I'm not thinking of you know, little Johnny who likes the band Slipknot too much. And so he like, you know, hears or says things that are stupid and unthought out. I'm thinking of people like, uh, you know, the, right? Little Johnny who loves Slipknot. No, I'm thinking of people like like George Soros and Klaus Schwab and these people that are trying to set themselves up on a, on a throne as though they are God, you know? And I think that they have closed themselves off from the Holy Spirit, their own doing. It's the ultimate rejection. Right? It's their own doing yeah. to say, you know, the Holy I, Maybe they're not saying the Holy Spirit is an evil spirit, but maybe they're saying the Holy Spirit is nothing. You know, that's still blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you know. So it's just such a dangerous thing. So uh, I just find that very intriguing, and I think it's crazy that um, you can blaspheme Christ and you can blaspheme the Father. But once you blaspheme the Spirit, he basically writes you off. I'm not going to convict you of your sin, so you'll never come to a place of repentance. So you never ask for my ministry of regeneration to mm. give you new life. So very scary, very real. Scary, real, deep, yeah. but good. But yeah, it's all God, so it's okay. all good. Well, guys, thank you for joining us today. Happy birthday, yeah. Michelle. And uh, great job on your race today, Chip. I love oh. that you set a, a national record. Thanks, Eric. For, that was amazing. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, and you got back hard. in time for this reading. Absolutely. Never great. miss it. Never yeah. miss it. Just great. Mm-hmm. So, All right, guys. And big shout out to all the ladies who are on the women's retreat. Oh, yeah. I'm very proud of all of you. Yes, very Good proud job. of you. Yeah, like all 40-something of you. Like It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, we are proud nuts. of you. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye.